What's up, everybody? Sean Hamill here with another episode of the Origins Podcast. And I'm here with the team from Indie Practices today, Sarah and Mark. Guys, thank you so much for being on the show. Really appreciate it. You guys are the second consulting consulting persons that I've had on the show. Oh. So usually, usually the consulting stories are just it just as, if not more, interesting than the uh, how the dentist came to be stories. So thank you both so much for <laughs> for doing the show. It's awesome to have you guys. Awesome, glad to be here. So so talk to me about indie practices. I know you guys are super unique. I know we were talking before we started recording. You guys are putting out a lot of content. Obviously, it's a very saturated market with dental practice consulting. So talk to me about indie practices. What is it about you guys that makes you unique? What is it that drives you? And then, of course, we'll get into the origin story of how all of that came to be. But introduce a listener to Indie Practices. So Indie Practices started in 2018 during the time that I was a practice owner, practicing dentist. So I had a practice in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I had bought the practice in 2015, 2016. So it was a couple years into practicing and the practice had gone really well. Everything had just taken off. So I bought this tiny, sleepy little practice that was just treading water, not going anywhere. So it was almost like doing a startup in a sense because there was just the bare bones to work with. And so really getting started, I, I knew that a lot of work needed to be done to make the practice a success. And I just went at it with everything I had, you know, listening to every podcast, every dental podcast that existed at the time, reading every leadership, every leadership book, tons of CE, hiring coaches, consultants, the whole thing. And, you know, partway through that journey, you know, once things really started to pick up and, you know, I had the systems in place and the rockstar team in place. And I was reflecting on my journey with the coaches and consultants that I had hired and paid a lot of money for <laughs> a lot, a lot of money for it. And I was just thinking, man, you know, I took away so much from this and I love to mentor, you know, I've been a part of the mentor program at Marquette. I've mentored a lot of young female dental students and, you know, helped my colleagues out anytime I can through organized dentistry and other outlets. I love to help people grow. And I just thought, wow, it would be so great to take all this knowledge that I've been able to put together in these past years and translate that into helping other practice owners because it's hard. It is not easy. And there's, like you said, so much information out there, some of which is great and some of which is not so great and helping people filter <laughs> through that. If it's on the if it's on the internet, it's true. If it's on the internet, it's factual and true. <laughs> YouTube doesn't lie. And you <laughs> And I, I love that you I love that you had this I call it startish. Like I have a startish practice where it's not a startup, but it kind of is a startup, but it's yeah. it's not really a startup. And so I love that you have that experience and that that's where you came from. Cause I meet so many doctors that like the content that's out there isn't geared towards them. It's like, well, I can right. kind of use this, but I have to tweak it. So I love that you're in that. You should, we should coin that. You should do, we work with startish, <laughs> startish practices. So how did you get into dentistry? Like, did you always want to be a dentist growing up or is this something like <laughs> I've, I've heard interesting stories from doctors on the show of what got them into dentistry. Yeah, I was not a traditional dental student in the sense I was older than most of my classmates. I think I was the oldest person in my class, actually. Um, I was one of the few people in my class who was already married when dental school started. So I, I had a little different dental school experience uh, and I came into it. I did not come straight out of undergrad. 
Um, I had actually gone through, you know, a decade of real life work experience by that point. So after college, so I had done a lot of customer service work, you know, I had just worked in dozens and dozens of different jobs, including working as a chairside demo assistant myself. So I had this very different experience, very different real world world experience coming into dental school than a lot of my classmates. And I think that served me really, really well. So I didn't always know that I wanted to be a dentist. In fact, I didn't really figure it out until I was almost 30. So I loved dental school. I had so much fun. A lot of my classmates would be so stressed out and <laughs> like, man, this is better than waiting for was. I'll tell you that. It's funny. Like you almost get, you get such life experience, like in the food industry. I, I did food industry for a little bit too. I hated it, but I did it. So <laughs> I get to be in the club of food industry workers, but Man, it's that's so crazy. So you didn't go to dental school till you were thirty or almost thirty? Yeah. Yep. I believe I was twenty nine or thirty when I started. Was it from being an assistant? Is that kind of where you were like, I I think this is it for me? Or or what was it? No, you know, so I had gone to profession I'd gone to grad school actually straight out of undergrad. I actually wanted to be a veterinarian. So I started veterinarians, you know, started veterinary nice. school. Did a year and a half of that, and I realized this was not the right fit. And so I took a step mm-hmm. back, took some time off, did some real world travel and some, you know, working in various different jobs. Took a while to come around to okay, the dentistry is it. And then that's when I got the dental assisting job because I wanted to make one hundred percent for sure. Like this has got to be the right fit. I worked there for a year and a half, and I just found some great mentors. But this is definitely the right path. This is it. That is so awesome. And Mark, how did you, how did you get involved with indie practices? I I, make, I see pictures of fishing and escapades on a boat with a big wheel on your website. <laughs> so how did how did you get into dental? Uh, yeah. So well, my background is in education. I'm a teacher, and I became a high school English teacher. And my plan was to do that for my entire career. Because I liked to impact, I wanted to impact people's lives, like teachers had impacted mine. And I did that for a few years, and then I started to realize I could impact more lives and and inspire more change by getting more into leadership. And so I grew in the leadership sphere within the education field, and did that for a long time. And I, I led schools. I was a school principal. I was a leadership coach. I worked for a, for a. You were the principal. I was the principal. I've been the principal of, of <laughs> oh. elementary school with little three-year-olds of high school. I've, I've been the, if, I'm the principal. If you were a student, if you were a student at Mr. Ketterhagen's school and you have a story, I wish I had a gay enter number people could call in. That's amazing. You'd think that would be, you'd think that would be like living the dream. Like I, I have all of the power. Pulling the line between being the cool principal and then upholding standards of higher education, you know, it's it's not an easy line to walk. <laughs> well, but, that's cool. So, so you made the you made the jump then from education to leadership, and then how did how did dental consulting come out of that? Yeah, so I'm just all of that led me to become passionate about what makes really good teaching and learning. I care about not wasting people's time, about the principles of teaching effectively. And when we launched Indie Practices, I was a leadership coach and I observed a lot of the consulting and coaching Sarah was receiving and knew we could we could provide better than that. I knew we, we could provide better coaching, we could provide better instruction, better content, and we could do it smaller 
and quicker than a lot of the big, gigantic, expensive organizations do. And that's how I got involved. Do you like it? I'm just kidding. You don't answer. <laughs> you don't answer that. Of course, you guys love it to do. I'm just kidding. Love it. Um, I just sitting in office, like, you know, like, I don't even know if you can anymore, but like having the paddle and just ratting it against your hand all day. Like, that's like a dream, right? What's that movie? Uh, Gosh, it's got Matthew McConaughey, Dazed and Confused. Yeah. Principal. From that kind of principal, but, you know, (laughs) have to lay it down when you have to. So, well, that's awesome that you guys have such diverse backgrounds. And (laughs) so you went from, you went from all of that into teaching dentists, which, you know, dentistry is, is super unique in so many ways, as you guys know. And I know, obviously, Sarah, you and I have talked at length in the past about the stuff that you faced as a doctor. But, you know, as much of that as you would want to share today, just what what were the things where you were like, yeah, this, this is a problem and I'm not getting effective answers. Or I know marketing is one of the things where a lot of money gets spent and there's not a lot that they get back. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, you know, a scarlet letter of, of, of that one, as far as just being a dental marketer, obviously we, we do things a bit differently here, but, um, I know it's something that doctors go through, but really what is it that you think, you know, stepping in and making indie practices is a thing? What were the biggest challenges that you faced that you felt like maybe you weren't getting the best help for, uh, that indie practices, the problems that you really mm-hmm. want to solve? Yeah. I think my experience as a practice owner was probably pretty typical of most doctors doing a startup or an acquisition, other than the fact that I had a lot of experience in customer service and I had a sense of the experience that I really wanted to provide that I think did give me a tremendous advantage and having worked in dental offices before gave me a huge, you know, tremendous advantage. But I think other than that, I faced a lot of the same challenges, which is just that we go to dental school, four years of mostly clinical education, which is obviously necessary, must be done. But there's so much to cram into those four years that there just isn't time to cover a lot of business knowledge, you know, how to do HR stuff, how to be a leader. First and foremost, you know, we get some training on communication and leadership, but it's minimal. So I realized, wow, this is definitely a DIY sort of situation where I'm going to have to take this on and learn myself and get the help that I need. And sometimes that means paying for the help that you need by by hiring a coach or a consultant. And I, I just knew the value that that would bring. I think I was really aware that I needed a really good team around me. I needed to have professionals who knew what they were doing to help me get off on the right foot. And so I think coming to that realization early in practice ownership was a huge advantage. I didn't wait till 10 years in to realize like, wow, coaching would really benefit me. You know, I, I value that so much. I think everyone needs a coach in life and in every aspect of your life. Totally. But yeah, absolutely. And so you guys, you, you were obviously going through all of this. You were obviously laying down the law mark at school and you guys just started talking, right? And And you guys just started talking about, you know, I think we could do this. And I love Mm -hmm. what you guys are building. I love the reputation that you guys have, especially seeing people in Facebook groups and things talk about solutions that really work. And I love the price point that that you guys are at too. I mean, obviously it's not cheap, but it's also, I mean, when you see the prices, like you can kind of take a breath and you're just like, okay, like I can, I can do this. You know, it's not, it's like I I can do this or buy like a Ford Focus sometimes. So I'm glad that you guys have the price points that you do, especially with what you guys are offering. I mean, like I love the practice essentials that, that, you know, we were, I was going through your stuff uh, earlier, mm-hmm. 
but it is a very comprehensive and, and there's not there's not a blind spot which sometimes meeting doctors and consulting relationships they get it's like I have this itch and it's like we're going to scratch this itch but you've also got all <laughs> these other ones that you don't even realize mm -hmm. yet or that you haven't stepped into yet or maybe they're just not itchy enough that it's mm -hmm. coming to mind right away yeah. but you guys have such a holistic approach and I love that it focuses on leadership and culture because leadership is mm -hmm. so tough. I mean, even as a business owner myself, like it's, that's the hard part is getting everybody rowing in the in the same direction. So what is it really about your model or, or your guys approach that really does set you apart? I know, like I said, the price points and things obviously are much more agreeable, but what is it about indie practices really that just makes you guys so different? Do we have enough time for you to answer that question? <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say for me, from my perspective, what makes us the most different from most of the coaching and consulting out there is that so much of what you're paying for with those big companies is fluff, to be honest. And I, I can say that from personal experience. You know, you're paying for the big seminar and the fancy ballroom and the, you know, the flights to bring the consultant to the office for three days and the hotel room. And it's a lot of fluff much of the time. And what I realized through getting coaching and consulting, working with one myself, was that the essence of what really drives you forward and really helps is that relationship that you have with the coach and them directly teaching you and helping you and, and getting you to where you want to be and holding you accountable. You know, so setting goals together and then there's a person who is got your back but they're gonna make you do <laughs> they're gonna make you do some uncomfortable things and that's really good absolutely and mark this is a question for you and i'm curious yeah. like genuinely curious do you feel like leadership is something that you can teach somebody or do you think you're just kind of born with the ability to do that 100 <laughs> percent leadership can be taught and usually it is people think leading is personality it's outgoing people it's not true Leadership skills can absolutely be be taught and learned, and that's what we're all about. I think that's one of the areas where we're really different from a lot of those consulting companies. We insist on growing the leadership capacity of the client. We put our reputation on it, and if the client isn't growing, we say we say we, we don't have a contract. We're, we we want to make sure you're growing as a leader, and that your your bottom line is growing. We are totally totally invested in that. And so, if a client were to come to us and say, Hey, I want you to do this training for my team. I'll hire you to do it. We say, no, we'll teach you how to do it. We'll have your back. Because if we, if you just hire us to do it, it's going to last two weeks and then we'll be gone and it's not useful. So we're absolutely invested in growing our clients and changing their lives and ability to be leaders going forward. So much of the coaching and consulting is usually directed at the team. You know, so we're going to come in, we're going to train, mm -hmm. you know, Susan at the front desk on how to present treatment plans and teach her how to, you know, take new patient phone calls better. So, and then what about what happens in six months when Susan finds another job and she moves on, you know, especially in the last couple of years, people, you know, people come and go, but guess who's going to always be there? You, yeah. the leader, the owner, you're not going anywhere. So you need to be able to do the leading and the training of your team because they may come and go, but you'll always be the constant. Do you guys have like maybe some like symptoms or telltale signs of, Hey, I'm a, I'm a practicing dentist. I think I'm a pretty good leader, but if are there maybe some traits or things that you can identify? Like if, if somebody's listening to this show and they, they genuinely want to become a better leader, like, are there some things that maybe they could look out for 
to to maybe be like, hey, maybe you need a coach like you guys, or maybe you need to go to their leadership seminar. What would be some ways maybe to uncover that for a doctor that's looking to it? It seems like a lot of the doctors like leading the team and stuff makes them uncomfortable. And so, mm-hmm. and again, that's just feedback and conversation. <laughs> totally. But what would be like, what would be some telltale signs of, hey, maybe I need some help as a leader? I would say one of the biggest signs, and I almost hesitate to say this because there is so much turnover in everywhere these days, but I would say a high team turnover is a big, you know, if your team is not sticking with you, I mean, you're not a leader if you're not, if people aren't following you. And a lot of times when you're continually churning through people at the front desk and your clinical assistants, I think that can be a sign of some leadership issues. Even patient retention, I think can sometimes be a sign that there's a communication issue. There's something going wrong with the systems and leadership. Um, and, you know, looking at lack of growth, I would say is, you know, just looking at the numbers themselves can really be a big indicator. And lastly, I would say stress. You know, if you're burnt out and super stressed, you know, you may not have the leadership skills to delegate enough. You may not have the leadership skills to communicate well with your team. And that's leading to a lot of conflict or a lot of stress interpersonally. I'd say those could be some big signs right there. Mark, do you have you want to add to that one? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a few things that we can pick up on where people are thrust into leadership positions and don't necessarily know exactly what to do and they try their best. Sound like you said they they might fear conflict, so they 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 are afraid of taking certain leadership steps and then just don't do them so as not to rock the boat. But we ask things like, do you know how to hold someone accountable and cite an organizational value when you do that? If you don't, we can teach you how to do that. Do you know a strategy for leading meetings where you're not talking all the time? It's, if you don't, we, do you even hold meetings regularly? Do, do you give feedback to the people that you manage regularly? And a lot of the times the answer to those things are, are no. And they'll say, I don't have time. But really, it's it's just a matter of prioritization and, and believing in leadership actions that will actually have an impact on the bottom line of the organization. That's so awesome. And I love talking to you guys just because of the passion comes through. And the fact that, you know, Sarah, that you've lived this too is awesome. It's, you know, doctor to doctor, you guys can communicate in ways that people yeah. like me, I mean, I know dentistry, but I don't, I've never been through it the way that, that you guys have. And it's so cool. Mm-hmm. And especially with the leadership too. I mean, I've, I've met a lot of consultants. I meet a lot of people just like you've met a lot of marketers. I love the like, give a man a fish, teach a man a fish kind of thing that you guys have where it's like, for anybody listening to this podcast, I am not in any way affiliated with any practices. I do not get paid <laughs> if you call them or anything, just putting that out there. But it is rare to find a consulting group that will teach you these skills that you could then go and invest in your office manager and teach them to be a leader. Because it is really on you to to groom those people into leadership positions. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. Then the attrition doesn't hurt so much if you have an assistant walk out. Like, we're good. We've got yeah. the systems and stuff. So. Uh, I love what you guys are doing. I love the price points again that it's at. If you guys haven't checked it out, go to ndpractices.com. It's very inexpensive to get this kind of training. And I've, I've seen the comps in the field. So um, (laughs) what's next? What's next for you guys? Like what's, I know you've got a bunch of content. You told me it's coming out on your YouTube channel, but uh, what's next? Like where are you guys headed? What's, what's your goal? Are you going to have an indie practices conference someday? Like what are you, where are you guys going? Yeah, one thing that we've really enjoyed recently is working with mid-level leaders. So in organizations that are kind of taking it from maybe a couple, you know, maybe two practices, stepping it up to three to four. I think that creates kind of a, a, a power vacuum or a organizational or chart issue 
where suddenly you don't have management in the middle trained and ready to be leaders. And so one thing that we are really excited about is helping those organizations that are kind of growing to that next stage, figure out how to get those younger developing leaders on track and ready to go and ready to be effective and understanding the organizational values and things like that. So is this something that people can get information on or how, what's the best way to get a hold of you guys to, to get in the know? Do you guys have like an email list or anything where people can get updates? Obviously social media, you know, go find any practices on socials, but what's the best way if somebody's listening that they can? Cause I know that point specifically, how do I go from one to three or how do me and my friend team up? We have that all the yeah. time. So Sure. Yeah. I would say there are two things that interesting clients can do. One, get our free resources. We give away videos and all of our content for free. You can access it through our website or our YouTube channel. And two, if you own a practice, go to our website and there is a, a short quiz that will take you 10 minutes where you can assess your leadership and practice performance in six different areas and get, just like in school, get a scorecard and see where you're at and find out where your strengths are, find out where your weaknesses are. It doesn't take very long and you see how you're doing in our model. And that's a really quick and easy way to get some self-information and also get connected with us. And you don't have to show it to your mm -hmm. parents. So even better, you, you, do, you do terrible. <laughs> it's our, it's a secret. That's right. Yeah. It's a secret. We'll, we'll sworn under lock uh, and key. Yeah. You guys, thank you no, so I, thank you so I, much. Yeah. It's been such a fun episode. Like I, I love what you guys are doing. Again, check them out. Go to indiepractices.com. Look at the workshops and things they have. I always love free resources where you can do something and get something without having to give necessarily anything. <laughs> um, and also, you know, Dr. Blair, dentist to dentist. I mean, it's hard to find this kind of coaching and level of teaching from a peer at this price point that I've ever seen. So to all of our listeners, check out indiepractices.com. You guys feel free really quick to give people ways to get a hold of you, emails, phone numbers, whatever you want. I'll put it in the show notes as well for anybody listening. Uh, we have a pretty cool little group of loyal listeners coming in. So uh, def we'll put everything awesome. in the show notes, but feel free really quick to just tell people how to get a hold of you if they want to take the next step with Indie Practices. Yeah. So I real it's super easy. I'm my first name, Mark at IndiePractices.com. Sarah is Sarah at IndiePractices.com. And there's also an info at IndiePractices.com. Any of those work. Uh, and we're on social media. You can find us, website, any of those, any of those are great. So awesome. Thank you both so much again. Again, if you're listening, IndiePractices.com, go check them out. Guys, thank you so much. Well, I'm probably going to have you back on. This was way too much fun. Yeah, this is great. And, uh, to talk about too. I got high oh, yeah. stories. <laughs> <laughs> okay so we're definitely gonna have volume two of this one for sure but uh mark sarah thank you guys so much for being on thank you